Hey, sweet friend. Do you have a hard time staying focused on any task that you want to complete? You may have started decluttering or organizing your house or even just cleaning your house, maybe resetting or tidying up, and you just find that you are distracted. You never fully finish what you start out to do, and it really bothers you that you can't stay focused. You may have chalked it up to having mom brain, or if you're not a mom, you may have even thought that you have adult ADHD. I totally know how you feel. I have struggled with staying focused as an adult myself, and I've realized lately that my phone actually is a huge culprit in my ability to focus. So on today's show, I am bringing on Sandy Cooper, someone I highly admire and who has done several podcast episodes on her podcast about social media and our phones and how it affects our mental well-being. So I hope that you will hang out with us today and tomorrow as I share with you this two-part conversation about our phones and social media and how they affect our ability to focus. Now, if you are someone who has been struggling with focusing on decluttering and you have gotten started or you can't even start, I want to help you out. I coach people through the process of decluttering and organizing their home and holding them accountable, giving them small, tiny micro steps to take on a weekly basis to achieve their goals and to get their home to a place where it's manageable and they're living within their capacity again. So if that is something that you need, let's hop on a free 15-minute call and go over what it is that you need, the accountability that you need, and really talk through the issues that you're having. If you want to hop on that call with me, email me lisa at habitsandhome.com and grab your free consultation call with me. All right, friends, now let's dive in and I hope you'll stay focused on this conversation with Sandy Cooper of how our phones and social media are hindering our ability to focus. And welcome to the Habits and Home Show. I'm your host, Lisa Lazat, and I help busy moms bring order to their homes by downsizing and decluttering and ditching old habits in exchange for systems that bring peace and more enjoyment to their lives. We have too much stuff, not enough space or time, and lack the motivation to get our life together. We need simplified solutions to tame the chaos around us and be available, both mind and body, to experience all the joy that life has to offer. Are you ready, friend? Let's get started. Hi, Sandy, and welcome to the Habits and Home Show. I'm so glad that you are here, and I cannot wait to talk about the topic that we are discussing today. So first of all, can you tell us a little about yourself, your family, and what you enjoy doing on your free time? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Lisa, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, It's good to see you again. And I just want to say for anybody who's listening, she was a guest on my show too, and it was a really good episode. So you have to go listen to it. Okay. Um, (laughs) My name is Sandy Cooper, and I've been married to John for almost 30 years, which is 
weird because, you know, I feel like I'm 27. So that <laughs> math doesn't work, but, um, I have four kids. Um, my youngest is 16. My next one is 21. Then I have a 23 year old. And then my oldest son, Noah would be 25. And he passed away when he was a baby. Um, I am the author of three books. I am the host of the Balanced Mom Cast. Um, that's a weekly podcast for overwhelmed Christian moms. And for fun, um, well, all that's fun to me, but for fun outside of that, I love to cook. And so in 2021, I completed a plant based culinary program. And I now hold an accredited culinary designation called professional plant-based, it's plant-based pro. I really need to frame it. So I remember <laughs> what I have, but um, yeah, so that's what I do. I, I cook for fun. That's amazing. Well, yeah. do you have a blog for your culinary skills and your recipes? Well, okay. So I have always had a part of my blog where I shared recipes for fun before I did this, before I like got for real certified. Um, and, and it was also before I became vegan. And so I have a lot of like things I don't eat anymore recipes for all of that on my <laughs> blog. Um, and it was also like in the early days of blogging before pretty pictures and the recipe card that you can easily print. And, you know, I did it in the old fashioned way and too long of stories to go with every recipe and mm -hmm. 10,000 picture tutorials and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so the answer is no, but I have so many things I could share. And if someone would give me like an extra human to <laughs> help me, I probably would start doing that because I feel like I, that's a good thing to do, but no, I don't. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would definitely be interested in that if you ever do it. And okay. I totally, I totally understand. And that brings me to my next question, because you're talking about balance, having someone <laughs> to come in and do some extra things for you as a mom, as a woman, as a person, entrepreneur, all the things. Mm -hmm. And you actually have, you mentioned it, a podcast called the balanced mom cast. So yeah. can you tell me your mission behind the podcast and how you help moms achieve balance in their homes? Sure. Well, thank you for even mentioning that. But my my mission on the Balanced Mom Cast is to help frazzled moms find peace. And I believe that balance is the peace that we get when we live a life that aligns with our priorities. So it's really that simple. And so what I do on the podcast is um, I do, I, I offer, of course, practical tips um, for things like time management and establishing routines and systems and that type of thing, which is a huge component of balance. But I also know that so much of balance is mental and it's like what we think about things. And so I spend a lot of time on the podcast helping moms align their thoughts about their lives and about themselves with scripture. I really want to try to integrate and teach women how to, for themselves, um, establish a biblical mindset. And I also feel like balance, um, a huge component of balance that most moms I know neglect entirely is mental and physical health. And so um, I spend a lot of time also addressing those topics. And that's one of the reasons why I did the culinary training, because I wanted to be able to talk with some sort of, um, 
I don't know, credibility, I guess, uh, to be able to talk to thing, talk about things nutritionally and to be able to talk about things in the mental health space. I've had a lot of things that I've dealt with in my own life. So I, I kind of, uh, touch on all of those things in my podcast and yeah. So it's a lot of fun. I don't oh, know I, that, does that answer your question? Yes, I feel like it, I way over. Well, it. honestly, to, to be honest, your title, the balanced mom cast, <laughs> I mean, you're just helping us find balance. Yeah. And I love that you are helping us find balance mentally because sometimes yeah. we think about, Oh, I'm going to be able to take on all this stuff and mm-hmm. balance it. I'm going to be able to have a career and I'm going to be able to go to my kids' soccer games and somehow I'm going to be able to juggle it all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so I don't want to give people the impression that you can keep doing it all and eventually find that balance. For me, I help people to learn how to live within their capacity. I love the word capacity. And I've heard you say that before. I think that's a fabulous word and concept. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I agree. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You're yeah. fine. You're fine. So I feel like, you know, just helping them. And I love that you're focusing on like the mental well-being and bringing mm-hmm. it back to scripture and um, just tying it all together. I love that mission. I applaud mm-hmm. you. And I, I love, I actually decluttered my podcast subscriptions just two days ago. Mm-hmm. And I only subscribed to one or I only subscribed to three and one of them's mine and one of them's yours. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, because, that's saying something. Thank because, you. Because I, I, I want to live within my capacity. And mm-hmm. right now in this season, I just need to streamline some, you know, some things in my life. I need to mm-hmm. cut back on a little bit and declutter my own life. So All right. For today's episode, I want us to bring awareness to the listeners of how phones and social media have impacted our ability to focus and be productive. Okay. So I have a confession. I have listened and binged to all of your episodes on social media. I went back to like two years ago and, and listened to those first ones and I found them to be so insightful and so empowering for me. Hmm. So I am hoping that we can bring some lightness to this subject for moms and for women, for anybody actually who's listening to help them regain their ability to focus and become more productive at home. I know for me, when I'm cleaning in my home, Mm -hmm. I just feel like I have to pick up my phone all of the time. And I don't like that feeling. And I don't like that like feeling like I can't do anything without looking at my phone. So how does that sound to you? I love that. I I hope that we can do it all in the short time that we have, (laughs) because I feel like we could talk about this for a long time. We might, we might have to give them a challenge and then like revisit in six months and do do an update. So on several, several of your episodes, you have shared your personal story about social media. You Mm -hmm. stated that you became addicted to your phone. Mm -hmm. So can you share a little about that and how you're addicted, how your addiction was impacting your mental health? Sure. So I joined Facebook and started my blog back in 2008, which was the early days of blogging and the early days of social media. And at that exact same time, I was in treatment for major depressive disorder um, at the exact same time. I had a newly adopted one-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a six-year-old. Um, I I had a husband who was climbing the corporate ladder, so I was spending. I was mostly on me to do all of that, 
And, um, and, you know, I was on meds and in treatment and I would say at the beginning, um, because it was such an isolating season of parenting, I think that social media and blogging for sure were both just really good for me. You know, they, it was, it was a way for me to connect in a way that was new and, you know, social media was a super great connection back in 2008. It was also a really easy way to share my writing. Um, and so I would write blog posts and then I would share them on Facebook and it was awesome because people would read it and people would follow me and then people would share it with other people. And my audience was growing and it was really awesome. And publishers and agents were taking notice of people like me. They weren't taking notice of me. I always want to clarify. I had no agents or publishers <laughs> who were like, Hey, um, but they were, I realized that that was a metric that people were using. And I was actively seeking publication at the time. And I went to writers conferences back in the early, you know, 2010s and, um, and, and I was given numbers to shoot for, like, you know, your writing is good, your book idea is good, but you just need to grow your platform. They gave it a name. People were calling it that now. And so I went for it. You know, I, I was like, I had my Facebook page. I wanted to grow that. And then I went all in. So by 2016, okay, now eight years after I joined, I have like everyone, probably Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, um, plus all the things like sharing my work all the time. Um, I'm at the same time, um, you know, everyone by that time has Facebook pages that, you know, if your kid plays soccer, you have to join the Facebook page to find out what's happening. Every classroom has a Facebook page. Like if you want to know what's going on at all. And then that was also when people started really, um, like paid communities became a thing. So I start joining, you know, masterminds and writing groups and all, and I'm paying now to be on social media. And by that time, we're now eight years in my two older kids are old enough to have their own social media accounts. So by 2016, I, I mean, Lisa, I'm on it all the time. Like I can't not be on it. It's probably four to six hours per day that I'm just doing that. And it, of course, because of the way social media is designed, which we can get into in a little bit, but it's not a, a dedicated, you sit down to four to six hours a day. It's you're, you're checking it in the cracks all day long, all day long, all day long. And so I realize now that that was like a full blown social media addiction, which of course became a phone addiction because my social media was on my phone. And so mm -hmm. in addition to everything else that the phone just keeps getting more and more um, useful, you know, so where I used to have an iPod to listen to music and podcasts, now it's on my phone where I used to have a separate camera. Well, now I use it on my phone. And in addition to like, I never, never would have thought I would have ever checked emails on my phone. I mean, I remember my first phone. I thought, well, why would I want an email? thing here. Like, I know I can do that on my computer. Well, no, by 2016, you're doing everything on your phone. And so it turned into this monster that I just felt like I had to keep feeding because I'm trying to grow this platform. I'm, I have to follow my kids. I cannot not monitor them. You know, it's all of it. And so I felt like even if I wanted to, I couldn't get off. Mm -hmm. And um, I tried to take breaks. I did all the things that they tell you to do. I took short breaks. I took long breaks. I deleted my apps. I would break for the weekend. I would break for Lent, I would, whatever. You know, I was just always trying to draw boundaries around this thing. And 
every time I would get off, um, I would be gripped with fear because I was afraid that I would lose touch with the people that I was communicating with. I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to monitor my kids, which is a legitimate concern. Um, and I was afraid that I'd be committing career suicide because this was the primary metric that publishers and agents are looking at at this point to determine whether or not I'm worthy. And that's the reality of it for an online entrepreneur is like, this is the primary metric. And so I felt completely trapped. And um, personally, like I would feel better mentally when I was off. When, once I got over that fear and would just like create distance between me and the, the device and the platforms, I felt a relief. Um, but as soon as I would get back on, the anxiety would start again. And for me, it really triggered severe anxiety. Um, just, and we can get into all of the reasons why we now know that that is, but I thought it was just me. I thought Sandy can't handle it. And so fast forward to 2019, I, um, against the advice of everyone in the writing industry, I'm like, I need a break and I want to write another book. I had already written one book, um, but I, I needed to write my second book. And so I just on a total literal, I mean, it was, it was a whim, but it wasn't because I had been praying and thinking about it for so long. I took a, I logged off on September 11th, 2019 to take a one-year break to write my second book. And I came back a little over a year later, spent a little bit of time there before I realized, you know what? I really hate it here. I've gotten a taste of what life is like outside of social media. And I like that life. And so I just prayed and asked God because I was really mostly concerned that I would be irresponsible with the platform that he had given me. And I felt like I was lobbing off a whole section of humanity. There's you know, 3.96 billion people on social media, and now I won't be able to communicate with them. And so I just asked God, I'm like, can I quit? Cause I just really want off. And I, I felt like he gave me permission. It wasn't like a, thus saith the Lord, you know, <laughs> get thee Sandy off of social media. <laughs> it was, you know, it was just like a nice, it went at nice was not the word. It was a peaceful mm -hmm. invitation from the Lord to say, you can lay this down. There are other ways to reach your people. And so on March 18th, 2021, I logged off and I'm done. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love your story. And if you write a book on laying down social media, yeah, <laughs> I will read it. I want to okay. know all of the things, put it there, share with us bloggers and, and podcasters and mm -hmm. people who are entrepreneurs share with us how to do it without social media, share with us how to lay it to how, please write that book. <laughs> okay. Well, I will say this is like, to, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I do have a freebie that is 27 real ways to grow your audience outside of social media. And when you download that freebie, you actually will be on the email list where I will be sharing all of the stuff you just asked for. So that was a total, like not in my notes kind of thing, but <laughs> just want people to, I'll, I can give you the link if you'd like to share. And, it, so. and you can create a course for that. I'll take that too. Okay. Okay. Very good. So <laughs> I know for you, and you've mentioned this on some of your past episodes for mm -hmm. women or people that you've interviewed that you've called yourselves pioneers of yeah. being able to be people off of social media. It's kind of funny when you meet somebody and they say, no, I don't have social media. And you're like, 
how what do you how do you live how do you not have social media i kind of want to be that rare person that people meet Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. It's like you're a unicorn for sure. Yes, yes. So you've basically become this pioneer for all, Mm -hmm. you know, for me especially. So I know that you have learned some things Mm -hmm. like, you know, about how it affects our mental health, how it affects. And for this episode specifically, we're focusing on focus, Mm -hmm. uh, losing our ability to focus. Mm -hmm. And I know that for me, I, I, I allow myself to be on it, um, during the week. And then on the weekend, I am completely off of it and I'm able to like really focus a lot more, Mm -hmm. but that, that draw is always there. And I feel completely scatterbrained sometimes Mm -hmm. because of it. So what have you learned how social media and our phone usage, having those cell phones, like you said, it's not just social media, but because it is on our phone. I mean, it's not just our phones, but because social media is on our phone, it creates this addiction for us that we're, we're addicted to all the apps. So how, how has our phones and our social media impacted our health and our ability to focus? What have you learned? Yeah. So, so back in, you know, the early 2010s, they did not, they didn't have any studies. We didn't know, you know, they just rolled out all this technology on us. And then, it, you know, it began to grow and change and we all got on and we all got addicted to it. And, um, and, and honestly, Lisa, I thought, like I said, it, that it was me, um, that it was my inability to be able to handle it. And, and I just accepted the fact that this was my deal, but after I got off and I started doing exactly what you said, like I would start, like I went on a book tour for my third book. And that's really where I started getting the reaction that you just described of like, what, what do you mean? You're not on social media because I'd get on podcasts and people would say, where can people find you? And I would say, I'm not on social media. And they would be like, what, like, what? what are you talking about? And so that's when I went and started really, um, looking into like, this is a bigger deal than just Sandy can't handle it. This is, this is affecting the world. And so I just wanted to understand it. And so now we know there have been multiple studies that have been done and they are ongoing and what, and I just want to cite a couple of them because, um, these were pretty eye opening to me. A study appearing in the American Journal of Preventative Medicine in July of 2017 found that the more time that people spent on social media, the lonelier they were. And that study actually, it concludes, this is a quote from the study, the more time you spend connecting on these services, the more isolated you become. So we know that for sure. Another study appearing in the American Journal of Epidemiology in February of 2017 concluded, what we know at this point is that we have evidence that replacing your real world relationships with social media use is detrimental to your well-being. I mean, these are these are studies in reputable journals now published. Um, and 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 the sad thing is, is that our teens and young women, which I have teen girls and young women who are in daughters of mine who are in this demographic, and the people that I minister to, young moms. They're the ones suffering the most by um, using their devices excessively, by getting on social media um, incessantly. And so, you know, we all suspected that that was true, but now we know for sure we have the studies to back it up. So that's, I mean, that's just barely scratching the surface on the mental health issue. Regarding the, um, the focus issue, that was another whole thing. And, 
And obviously the folk, well, not obviously, I shouldn't say obviously, it wasn't obvious to me, but the focus issue is bigger than just phones. It's bigger than just social media. There's a lot of things in our current world that affect, that adversely affects our focus, but phones and technology and social media play a huge role in it. And the the role that they play is really two-pronged. It's a two-pronged issue. So the first issue is that um, it's the it's the constant notification disruption. So the, this is actually a really funny um, study that I read. It's funny to me because as a mom, I think, how is this even true? It says a study out of the University of Oregon, Oregon found that if you are focusing on something and get interrupted, on average, it will take you 23 minutes to get back to your previous state of focus. And as a mom, I just had to laugh. Like, when was the last time I wasn't interrupted for 23 <laughs> minutes? Like, have I ever been in a deep state of focus? I'm wondering. I don't know. Um, so, you know, that's the one issue is the constant interruptions. Um, and obviously, there are ways, and we can talk about this later, that you can minimize that because you can you can change notification settings and that sort of thing. You can delete apps. You can do that kind of thing. The bigger issue, and this is the one that is more incessant and I find to be a little more alarming, um, is is the the deluge of information and the constant flow of it into our minds. That is actually we now know rewiring how our brains actually function. And, and the, the reason it's doing this is because your brain needs time. It needs downtime. Um, there are really important brain, brain functions. I'm not a scientist. I know I sound like one right now. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just regurgitating what I've read. Um, there, there are really important brain functions that take place when you stop, when you, when you just give your brain time to rest, when you sit and stare out the window, when you aren't actually like scrolling and reading. And okay, so it used to be that we would take in our normal information. We're all throughout the day learning things, you know, taking in things, observing things. And then in the in-between times, our brain would rest and we would be able to like process that information. We have removed the processing portion of our lives because Every time we have a spare second, we are picking up our phones. We're picking them up. And, you know, you wake up in the morning. It's the first thing you look at. You're brushing your teeth. You're scrolling. You're waiting for your coffee to brew. You're scrolling. You, you waiting in carpool. You're scrolling. A commercial comes on the TV. You're scrolling. I mean, it's, it's incessant. It's incessant. And it's literally changing the way we think. And, um, you know, I, like you, I, I talk to women all the time who say they cannot focus. And I talk to writers who say they can't focus. I talk to moms who say they can't focus. And we've all kind of made a joke out of it. Like, oh, it's just my mommy brain or it's my pregnancy brain. Or, you know, now I'm like in the menopause, it's my menopause brain. You know, like it's all the different, <laughs> whatever stage you're in. Oh, it's because I have teens. Oh, it's because I have littles. Oh, it's because I'm running around in car carpool all the time. Oh, I'm, I'm the taxi driver. I can't think. No. Actually, there's a real reason, like your brain's changing because it can't process the sheer amount of information you've given it. Mm. Oh, so good. Yeah. I just feel so, I mean, not that, not that you, 
you are making me feel anxious, but like this knowledge makes me feel very triggered and very anxious because I'm like, I desire to give myself the best. And it's, it's like a slippery slope. Like, um, what do they say about the, the frog when you put the frog in like cold water and you turn the heat up slowly he doesn't know that he's, he's cooking himself to death. It's kind of, it feels like that. And I even talked with my client who I was decluttering for yesterday. And she told me, she said, can you send me all the after pictures? I need to, I need to remember what it looked like before we decluttered and set all this up. Mm-hmm. And she, she brought that back up because her kids are like, start like slowly starting to like, let it creep in. Mm-hmm. And the frog is basically boiling himself to death and you don't even realize it. So it, right. it, I feel like, oh, you know, I'm going to allow myself all of these little moments. Like you said, Mm -hmm. standing at the coffee pot um, Mm -hmm. while I'm washing dishes. Oh, I need a movie playing or a TV show playing. (laughs) Um, It's like, we're trying to, and we're, and we're calling it downtime, but we're really, we are. And I know there's probably some science that you know about where all those, all the dopamine that is kicking in constantly. Like, I feel like my, my skin, it feels like tingly (laughs) when, when I haven't picked it up. Cause I need like that dopamine hit, hit, hit again. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It is so true. And, um, you know, and I haven't even touched on the fact that it's not just the amount of information. I'm sure you will agree with this. It's, it's the type of information and as a content creator, always being preoccupied with producing information. And so it it's like, it's coming at us from all, all possible ways because you're just taking it all in. And then, you know, you're seeing things that are upsetting because that's the kind of thing that the algorithm is um, designed to promote. And so, you know, that was, that was one of the main reasons I finally just pulled the plug on everything is because it was like, right? You know, it was all the political stuff, all of the, um, the COVID stuff, people that were otherwise lovely people in real life were complete. Well, I want to say bad words. (laughs) They were really (laughs) bad people on the online. And I thought I can't like, it would make me so angry and I'd walk away and be like ruminating about what my family members said on Facebook. That was so stupid. And I'd think, oh, you know, and I would just, it's all of that, Lisa. It's like, it's the whole thing together. It's a, it's a very huge problem and not to, and, and this is not to make anyone afraid, but I, I just want women, um, to understand if they're going to choose to engage in these platforms, to just do it with eyes wide open. So you understand exactly what you're getting into. Um, it's a hundred billion dollar industry that makes its money from your, um, attention. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is, um, using the, the best technology available. It is actively seeking out that best technology available and then implementing it into these devices, into these, you know, the, the whole social media, all the platforms, they're all implementing this highly addictive technology to make sure that you feel glitchy when you are not touching your phone. 
Like that is the point. That's what they're trying to do. They want you addicted because that's how they're, that's how it's a hundred billion dollar industry. And, and so it's not just like, I don't want anyone to feel bad if they feel like, Ooh, that's me. I might be addicted. <laughs> um, yes, you probably are because it's doing its job very well. And it's not because you're weak and it's not because you lack self-control. It's because you're dealing with a very highly addictive substance. And just like if you tried meth or cocaine or any highly addictive drug, and then got yourself heroin, got yourself addicted to it. It wouldn't be because you couldn't you didn't have self-will or you didn't, you know, you lacked some sort of integrity or strength. It would be because you're dealing with a drug and you need help to get off of that drug. Like anyone who touches it would get addicted to it. Right. And so it's the very same with all of this, which is really sad. Cause you know, you just want to like get on there and see how your friend's kids are doing and like find out what time soccer practice is and, you know, share your writing or your podcast episode. You know, you're not, you don't want to, um, you're not, you're not intending to go and like find yourself completely addicted right. and glitchy. Right. Yeah. Gl glitchy is the perfect word for that. Cause I feel like, Oh, I gotta, yeah. you know, not even just social, social media, because I've really for myself created some boundaries, created mm -hmm. some, and I know that Good. we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Yeah. I've unfollowed everybody. I know I have a purpose for why I'm using social media now, yep. but just my phone in general, and I actually got an Apple watch mm -hmm. so that I would only get, I would get my text messages from here and mm -hmm. not have to like, just go and pick up my phone because I don't have the notifications turned on because I don't mm -hmm. like that dinging you know, since yes. I, I don't like that I don't alert. Like it it's very alarming, isn't it? It's it like, is. Yeah. I feel like mm -hmm. it, I feel like it, pe people are interrupting my day <laughs> and, and I feel like on my watch, I'm like, mm, I don't care. I just, you know, right. ignore you. And so I have been taking steps for like the last year or two mm -hmm. to, you know, um, but I still, you know, have those feelings of glitchiness, <laughs> like you said. Have you felt that glitchiness too, where you've laid down your phone and you have determined in your mind, I'm going to be productive. I'm going to get these tasks done in my home that I really want to complete. But you feel that draw, you feel that pull and it's the addiction. It's the habit that you've created to always pick up your phone. And we are making the steps towards being able to break those addictions. So I hope you will join us right here tomorrow as I finish my conversation with Sandy Cooper on how to reclaim our ability to focus by laying down our phones and social media and setting boundaries for those tools. All right, I will see you right here tomorrow on the Habits of Home Show.